every runner has some sort of a backstory. I'm going to be your host, Amanda Loudon. We're going to talk to different guests in the coming weeks and months uh, that you're going to find interesting, entertaining, uh, and you'll probably even learn a little bit from it. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Running Story. I'm your host, Amanda Loudon, and this week we are going to be speaking with Lee DiPietro. Lee is a former pro triathlete, uh, elite runner, and uh, used to live here in the Baltimore area, which is how I got to know her. She recently became an author um, by writing a new book called Against the Wind. I'm not going to give away too many details, but the book is a fabulous read. It's about a, a couple of year period in Lee's life uh, back in 2009, 2010, when seemingly everything possible that could go wrong did go wrong. Um, she had uh, a husband who was ill with cancer. She had a son who had a devastating accident all at the same time to deal with. And the story that Lee tells in the book is not just their story, but her own as a mom, a wife, a caregiver, and runner. And she talks about the role that running played in getting her through this crisis period in her family's lives and uh, how it helped her keep things together and um, really be the strong one that her family needed during that time. So I know you're going to enjoy this interview, and uh, let's get started chatting with Lee. So here we are. So um, welcome, Lee, to the show. I'm really excited to have you on because you've got really an amazing story to share with everybody. Well, I thank you. I, I appreciate it. It wasn't a story I chose, but... <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and everyone is going to appreciate that as, as they hear what we have to say. Um, so 2010 was certainly a life-changing year. Um, that could be the understatement of the year. Um, but to give everyone some background information before we lead up to 2010, um, why don't we talk a little bit about your running background and how you got started, um, much of which you share uh, in your book, Against the Wind. Um, but go ahead and bring everyone up to speed on, on what brought you to running in the first place. Okay. Well, it, it is it is in the book, so I won't go um, – tr I'll try not to be repetitive. But my sister was uh, running uh, – quite a lot. And she was not, uh, she ran the Boston marathon with my uncle every year, not as a registered runner, but just as a bandit, which they, you know, were non-registered runners when they allowed that at Boston. And she, um, asked me to run the last 10 miles with her, which I had never run more than a few miles. And I did. And I just fell in love with running. Um, and I was, I was in, in school growing up, I was really athletic. And so things sort of came to me naturally. I was lucky that way, but I never really knew much about the running world. Um, and once I did that, I just wanted to run and do my own marathon, which I, I did the following November in New York, just 
jumped right in there, (laughs) (laughs) not having much preparation. And that also is in the book. But, you know, as well as I do, that there are so many different distances from 5Ks to 10Ks, marathons, half marathons. And I sort of just fell into that whole world and met people and, you know, sort of discarded my old, you know, bad sweatpants that I ran in and eventually discovered all the, you know, technical running clothes and running shoes and and just that whole world that I never knew existed. And more so was was, um, along the way were the people that I met. And you, back then, you didn't have the luxury of, you know, Googling where to find training partners or how to run a 10K. It was all sort of word of mouth. And it was a wonderful way of getting to know people. I ran with people and learned about their training and eventually sort of fell into the triathlon world on another suggestion from someone saying, hey, want to come to Bermuda, which sounded exciting. Right. <laughs> um, and then I, that was a whole nother, other part of my life where I learned, you know, all about multi-sport and endurance and how to you know, train, how to eat, how to, not only that, but how to work it all in, in my, as, into my life as a mom and a wife. And it was just a, um, just such a wonderful part of my life that taught me about discipline and um, uh, troubleshooting and all the things that you learn in a world like that. Um, and more so doing that with my family, which was so rewarding, was having them along on the ride to learn those same things about um, commitment and perseverance and passion and all the things that they saw firsthand um, was, a, was a real treat to all of us as a family and proved to be so beneficial when we ran into you know, all the troubles that we ran in in 2010. Right, right. Well, and I really loved that. I loved um, in the book, you really got to see, um, you know, what an amazing support system all of you are and were for each other. And, um, and I do love that, you know, leading up to, um, you know, your, your tough times, um, you know, it was a family project. I mean, you guys were in it together and everyone was there you know, supporting one another, cheering one another on. I love that Lee, um, you know, was a part of, of the triathlon and running world. I mean, I can remember when I first met you that, you know, the two of you were always down there in, in the fast lanes swimming together, <laughs> you know, and that was awesome. I love that. Um, so we haven't even touched on, you know, the, the fact that you, you are, you are and, and, and were, um, quite an elite athlete. And, um, let's talk a little bit about your years as a pro triathlete and as an elite runner. Well, that, you know, I, my first, um, Ironman, which was again, another thing that I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I sort of did that a lot. But I had never competed in an Ironman before, and when I qualified to run in, um, when I qualified to go to Kona to uh, compete in the World Triathlon Championships, and um, as a amateur, I went there in uh, 1994, and I won my age group. And I had a coach at that time who said, "You know, Lee, you're 
you're winning all the regional, national championship races and stuff. And he said, you know, it's a time in your life where you really should make a decision whether you stay amateur or you turn pro. And at the time, my coach was a guy named Hank Lang, um, who was in Vermont. And I said, you know, Hank, I'm a mom with two kids. You know, that's a lot, lot to juggle on my plate. I mean, that means upping the ante as far as hours on the road and um, just putting myself out there, uh, having to travel a lot more, which was hard. You know, my kids were in school and but, you know, I agreed with him. It was time to either you either jump in and take the challenge or or not. And I would at the time, what was I think, 94? I got to do the math, but I was in my mid to late 30s. So it, it was a time when, you know, most athletes would be thinking about retiring. Right. Um, but I, you know, I always loved to challenge. And I thought, you know, I, I can run with these guys. I can p- compete with these guys. My times are similar. So you know, I talked to my husband, I talked to my kids, and they said, you know, go for it. Um, and I, I soon discovered that I thought I could really run with those people. But, you know, I the shorter distance races were hard for me. I, I My swimming wasn't as strong. My biking wasn't as strong. My running, I could run myself back into a race. Um, but the other two components really needed a lot of work. And I had to go to, back to the drawing board and try and figure out how to, to make myself get faster in those sports. Um, I ended up hiring Troy Jacobson, who really changed a lot of things for me, mostly because he trained with me and he could see me. And it was different because as a mom, you know, he would say, well, you got to do this and you got to do this. And I said, I would say, Troy, I got to go home and pick up my kids from soccer practice and make dinner. And, you know, you've got to figure out how to get me the most for my bang for my buck. I can't train the hours. I can't, something's got to go. I can't do the weightlifting. I can't do all this. It's just, we've got to figure out a different way. And he was great um, helping me do that, uh, giving me feedback. And he watched me so he could see when I was running ragged, you know, and tired. Yes. Not that he gave me a lot of sympathy, but he could. If I said, I can't do another quarter on the track, you'd say, oh, yes, you can. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, that is really, that is so important, I think, you know, to, to have that, someone looking over your shoulder is great. Yeah, it was for me. I mean, Lee did a lot of the rate, my husband, Lee, as you know, he's, I don't know if everybody who's listening knows we have the same first name, but um, he did a lot of the racing with me too. And he could always tell, you know, he was great as a sounding board too, because he would he he saw what I did every day. Although sometimes I snuck things in that he didn't know, <laughs> um, but he you know he could see too, and he was great in helping me. You know when the, when I would have a bad day, he'd let me moan and groan, and but I always would you know I had to analyze it, I had to figure it out, I had to talk about it. And then I would just say, well, I gotta do, I'm just going to do it again. You know, there were times when I would run a marathon and trying to qualify for the Olympic trials or something, and I, and I wouldn't make the cut. You know, I'd miss it by a minute or two. And I'd be so down in the dumps. You know what it's like when you, you have a goal set, and especially for a marathon or a yes. triathlon or an Ironman. You know, you can't do so many of those a year. Exactly. And you don't make it, and then you're, you beat yourself up, and you think, God, you know, I worked so hard for that. And so I would, you know, turn around and say, darn it, you know, in six weeks I'm going to do it again. 
And, you know, I'd kind of regroup and do it again. And, you know, I luckily would reach my goal. But um, Lee was, was a big component in that, too, because <laughs> he would have to put up with a lot of my mood swings. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> and and we, he was, you know, he was hugely supportive through the whole thing. I mean, obviously, there were times when he would just snap and say, OK, enough, you know, you you, you know, you got to get your priorities straight. Is it your your family, your kids, your husband, or is it you know your your running? Right, right. And that was a, that was a good thing. You know, you need to yank back every once in a while because, as you know, in this world, you can get very caught up in the whole you know triathlon thing. It's it's hard to juggle three sports. Right, right. Especially at a high level. You know, for me, when I was racing as a pro, you know, it wasn't just doing the race and completing it, it was doing it and doing it as fast as, and, and as best as I could. Right. Which was, there was a lot of pressure, you know, people expected you to win. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's hard. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, I, I believe if I remember correctly in the book, you, um, pretty much wrapped up triathlons around 2000. Is that correct? Yeah, I, my last race I was Ironman Canada, and it was sort of a pact I had made with Lee because it turned out as I got older that the longer distance races were better for me. I had more time to run myself back in, um, and so the Ironmans were were great races for me to do. But you know, obviously, can't do too many of those in a year. So I after Hawaii, the, after I think the third time I did Hawaii. Lee sort of lost his patience with me. He said, enough. You know, we cannot drag everybody all over the place anymore. Um, you know, you've, you've just got to stop. Or, and, I, and I think and I, I should go back and look at my records. It was either the third or the fourth time. It was the third time I did Hawaii. And I ended up, he didn't come. He and the boys, he said, we're not coming this year. It's just too much. You, you know, this is it. This is the last one you're going to do. So I went out there by myself and I ended up finishing sixth overall female. And I was, and he came home, he felt so badly. <laughs> and he said, well, I guess you are pretty good at this. And sure, you can do it a few more years. Um, and I did. And I did Hawaii one more year. And then I did Ironman Canada twice. But I said, you know, at that point in my life, the boys, they were playing their sports in high school. And I wanted to be there. You know, it was my turn to be there for them. Sure. And, I dragged them around for enough years, and they loved it. I think they love it. They told me they love it. They right, have right. stories about it. But, you know, it was time. It was time. Um, I could still do the running. I could still do the marathons. But, it, you know, the biking was so time-consuming. Absolutely. You know, especially to train for Ironman. You know, you had to go out on those. You know, I was riding 300 miles a week. Sure. That, that was a lot. Sure. Absolutely. So, but I, I missed, I, you know, it was really sad for me when I drove away from Penticton. I was out in British Columbia and I, mm -hmm. you know, remember driving away and looking at the lake and sort of looking back over my shoulder and thinking, you know, I'm really sad to leave this sport. It's, it's taught me so much. It's given me so much. But it was a good run and it was time to go. So I was okay with my decision, but, um, but sad to leave the friends and the, you know, because it was a great great group of people that I met over the years. Yeah. 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 I, I completely relate to that. I mean, on a, you know, on a much lower level, but I, you know, since I, I, you know, I was in triathlon prior to having kids and then once my kids came along, 
you know, I, I kept it up for a couple of years, but, um, it, it just, it was just getting tough and, and, you know, and now it's just so much easier to, to just, you know, shuffle my schedule around to fit in the runs. That's just right. so much easier, you know, than, than all the miles on, you know, on the bike, like you said, that's such a, a time consumer and, you know, but I mean, on a pro level, I'm sure that was, you know, a really difficult choice to make. And, and, um, but I'm, I'm glad you were at peace with it, that it, you did it at the right time. And so then, then from there you went on to, um, I know, you know, quite a career as a master's runner. Um, I mean, you, you really, um, you know, I can remember you coming and doing, you know, the Baltimore marathon and placing really well there and, um, you know, Olympic trials and, uh, you know, all kinds of things. And, um, kind of like a second career for you, I think as, as a master's runner, I mean, how, it would you it really, agree with that? I, I, Amanda, you're so nice to <clears throat> remember all that. I think I have a little bit of a compulsive problem, <clears throat> but Yes, I, I did. I, you know, I sort of just went from Ironmans right and triathlons right back into the running, which was really my first love. You know, that's where I started. Sure. And it was, it was the thing that was different for me in that is that number one, you don't have to drag your bike with you everywhere you go. And the boys were pretty happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> they got so tired. They tell funny stories about trying to fit the bike box and the rental cars, you know, <laughs> everybody getting cranky and, you know, um, but, uh, the running was great because I was then competing against women my age, as opposed to in the pro triathlon world, I was racing against women much younger than me that didn't, most of the time didn't have children or, or even husbands. Right. And so it wasn't what, what I found when I went into the master's thing was a whole different group of women that I really bonded with who were all in the same boat where, you know, we're all juggling families and, or mostly and children and, you know, husbands. And, um, but I, I just, um, I just love the freedom of running. And I, I think that the triathlon stuff, all the training, all the knowledge that I gained really helped me with my training on how to, um, be strong and you know runners got a bad rap for a long time they were sort of emaciated but I learned as a as a triathlete that it, the nutrition the you know taking care of yourself was important because if you're not strong you're not going to be able to run fast yeah and um, I had a great career as a master's runner and now now I'm a grandmaster's runner which I still get a great thrill out of I can still sometimes in Florida, I go down and I run in these five Ks and I win them overall. And awesome! Uh, you know that's a huge thrill that I can still do that, especially now that I'm a grandmother. Right. Not only a grandmaster's, but I'm a grandmother. Right? Absolutely, <laughs> I love it. It's fantastic. But my but um, I qualified twice for the Olympic trials. I only ran in one of the trials because the second Olympic trials was um, I think a month before Boston, and Boston was really my biggest thrill to run at that point and my you know qualifying for the for the trials was my you know was my goal right and, you know running and it was a thrill the first time but I would have you know I chose to run Boston that year instead um but I still feel like you know being able to qualify twice was pretty thrilling for me absolutely absolutely Something you should try one day, Amanda. No, no, no. Like, Zipping. No. <laughs> I've never had that talent, and uh, and certainly my fastest <laughs> days are behind me. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, 
So let's 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 fast forward now. Then we've kind of laid the foundation for you know your makeup, and you know obviously you have tenacity and perseverance. And let's fast forward to some couple of very dark years for you, um, and 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 starting with losing your sister. Um, yeah, you know that just kind of kicked off what you know I think a couple of years that you know even one of the things that happened in that span of time would have broken a lot of people and all that you had to take on in that span of time, just, you know, it's just, it's more than anyone should ever have to face, um, to face it all in a short period of time, like you did all at once. Um, can it lead us into that? Tell us about the circumstances, um, through those couple of years. Well, I don't, you know, I've got to be careful because I don't want to give too much of the book away. Right, right. Um, my, the, the whole book sort of began, um, well, the story begins, um, with my sisters, uh, with losing my sister and right around Thanksgiving time. And she, you know, which you will find in the books had struggled for years with all sorts of, um, depression and whatnot. And I think the the hardest thing for me at that point was, the guilt that I felt because, you know, I had gotten, we sort of as kids had been so close and then, you know, you sort of go your own way and we lived in different, she lived in Rhode Island. I lived in Baltimore. I rarely saw her. Um, but I felt horribly guilty that I didn't know how much she was struggling and wasn't there to help her. And I was sort of on a tailspin from that. And at, at the same time, my husband was, starting to show signs of, of being sick. And we always teased his kid. I mean, with my children, we would always tease him about what a baby he was when he was sick with a little sniffle. You know, it was like the world was ending. So I was totally impatient with him, just <laughs> saying, okay, well, you know, tough it up. You you know, I'm not going to sit and hold your hand while you have a, a little cough. You know, you're not that sick. Get over it. And... Um, as it turns out, I was I was not anywhere near um, as sympathetic as I should have been because he really was struggling, um, and he had done so many triathlons and things over the year too that years too that he certainly had his own dose of um, learning how to be strong in the face of uh, facing obstacles that are overwhelming. But um, having him be sick and having my kids be far away from me was, was really difficult because I was, I sort of felt I was there by myself, but at the same time they were emailing me, calling me constantly. And they also felt just devastated that they couldn't be near both of us to help. Um, but I can tell you that they, their sense of humor, their support really was, um, so unbelievably helpful to me. And I, I think that my, my worry as a mom was I couldn't be with them because they obviously were struggling too. Sure. They didn't see Lee on a day-to-day basis, although Crider, because of his lacrosse, we were you know traveling to North Carolina. He would see Lee every weekend, and I could just see his face when he'd see his dad. You know, he'd lose another five pounds every week, and 
his hair started to fall out and, you know, all the things that happened. And how do you, you know, how do you keep everybody positive and, you know, looking, thinking that this is all going to turn out okay? And people would ask me, they go, well, how did you do that? And I said, well, you know, I think you'd do the same thing if it was your family. You know, when your family's threatened, you do whatever you can. Right. And you just have to keep, you know, one foot in front of the next. You just keep going forward. You don't believe that, you know, you just can't accept that it's going to happen. So you won't let it happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, And that, I think, was sort of my attitude as well. We're not going to take this sitting down. We're going to just, you know, do what we have to do. Yeah, yeah. One thing, I don't know if, I can't remember if this was in the book or not, but when um, when the doctor, when Dr. Frasca sat down with us and told us, you know, here's here's what here's what you have, um, which we were totally uh, thrown off, not expecting. Um, he said, um, you know, there are charts to know what your chances are, of what your chances of survival are. And he said, do you want to know? And I mean, I don't think either of us could say it fast enough. We said, absolutely not, because it didn't matter, you know, what his chances were. Right. We were just going to do what we had to do to, to make him survive this. Right. Right. Um, you know, know, and and then on top, you know, you just, when you think, you know, it was kind of, man, it was sort of funny. It was sort of like running a marathon where you keep hitting one wall after the next, after the next, you know, and you just have to find a way to reach down deep and get through it. You know, I, I, once I thought we were out of the woods with, with Lee and then our son's accident, you know, on the day that we thought we were going to be done with everything, you just fall right back into survival mode. Yeah. You You just you just do it. You just go. You just keep going forward and finding a way to get through it. And I think, you know, that's really what I learned in so many years of uh, racing. You know, I raced in over 400 races in my career and, you know, you for over 45 marathons, I think now. So you just, you just one step ahead. You just go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you were probably, um, on autopilot for so much of that time. And, and, you know, I was thinking about as I was reading it, you know, just how hard, you know, emotionally everything you're going through and then physically too, you were, you were, you know, constantly going back and forth between New York and, and Baltimore and, you know, trying to, and, and, and UNC as well, you know, to keep your, your hand in Kreider's world as well. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm sure, and you, you touched on this a little bit at the very end, you know, that, that, um, when it was all over, you know, I'm sure that's when you finally felt the full extent of, you know, the toll it had taken on you, but, you know, emotionally, physically all around. Yeah. It's funny how your adrenaline keeps you going. You know, when, when you're, you're threatened by something, you just like fear or something, it just charges you. And I think I just was so insistent that we were, that this was not going to hurt my family, that, you know, my boys always laugh at me. They're like, mom, you just charge ahead all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said, well, that's what moms do. Right. Right. But, you know, yes, I, I think you're, you're absolutely right. When the whole thing was over and I, they were out of the woods, both of them, I felt like I had been hit by a truck because I think I am so pumped up and trying to keep everybody else smiling and everybody else positive that you don't allow yourself to take a deep breath and, and let, let your guard down until you really feel that you've made it through. And 
you know, then, then I really, I, I mean, I couldn't keep my eyes open. I couldn't, you know, it was just, I was exhausted. Yeah. Um, and I, I, you know, I'd sort of forgotten about that until you brought it up that, you know, I was trying to train for that half marathon that summer. I was like, what is wrong with me? I mean, I can't even run five miles without, you know, feeling like I couldn't take another step. Yeah. And it took a little time to, you know, to get that back. I'm sure it did. I'm sure. And, and you know, throughout all of this time, you know, and, and, and worry and um, everything you went through, um, you know, there was definitely the, the common thread of, of, of you getting up and getting out and getting in a run, no matter how short it was, just, you know, to kind of prepare you for the day to face what you had to face. Yeah. Um, you know, how much of a role did that play in, in helping you, you know, kind of keep it together, do what you needed to do? Well, I don't know. I'm sure it's probably the same for you. But when I when I get out from my run, which I do, you know, first thing in the morning as much as I can do. I mean, I'm always up and out the door. Um, that's my place to go think. That's my that's my church. That's where I pray. That's where I come up with answers. That's you know, that's where I have conversations with my sister, for instance, and you know. I, that's where I find my strength. And I, um, I would get up really, you know, I wasn't sleeping anyway, but yeah. when I, the minute I went out the road, you know, as tired as I was or upset as I was, I, I could think through it. I was like, okay. I mean, I think there's one part in the book where we were trying to figure out what was wrong with Lee and they kept coming up with I mean, all these tasks that we thought it was, and then we got so happy that we, okay, we found the problem. And then the next day they'd say, no, that's not it. And the, there was one day where I went out and I was getting sort of frustrated and, and angry with the whole thing because the tests were, you know, I kept saying to them, look at the lump on the back of his leg. Yeah. You know, I, I just think that's what it is. And Lee was going to the doctor that day and I said, damn it, I'm going to go with him. I'm, I'm, tired of relaying through him to the doctors and he was so tired and frustrated that he couldn't really you know he was sort of just following along what they said and I think you really need an advocate in a situation like that where someone asks the questions that you're afraid to ask like is this cancer because you are afraid to ask that sure sure and um so I was out on my run and I said that's it it's the lump I know it's the lump and I'm going with him and you know that was just where I would come up with answers. I don't know. That's, that's my, I don't ever listen to music. It's my place to be by myself and think you don't have to answer a phone. You don't have to answer questions. You just have your own thoughts, which I really, really cherish. Absolutely. Absolutely. So valuable. Um, you know, and, and Amanda, I know you're, you know, you, you feel it too. You're out there, you feel your heart pounding, you're breathing, you're, it's like, you know, somebody's breathing life back into you, even though it's hard at times and you struggle to get through a run, whenever you get back, you always feel better afterwards and you have like a renewed strength within you that, okay, you know, I did it again. I'm, I'm alive. I'm kicking. I can, I can face the day. Absolutely. It's it's a, it's a reset button. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's say, let's, um, you know, without giving out too much about the book, we can say it does have a, 
happy ending. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you know, and, and we're five years down the road and it's, you know, it's fantastic. I know, I know, you know, as you alluded to, you are a grandmother now. So yes, uh, fill everyone in on that, you know, it was so funny. So, well, that is going to give a little bit away on the book, but it's a good part that gives away is that Tim, um, my oldest son who, you know, he's the one that's my, my, uh, daredevil, so you'll read about him in the book. But yes, he did marry Gina, who's the best, best daughter-in-law I could ever ask for. <laughs> and they now have uh, a, a little boy who's 17 months, who's such a joy. So yes. And Tim skis. He's he's truly amazing. He's um, he's a fighter. That That's fantastic. Um, I love to hear that. Um, has he has he calmed his ways down a little bit? He tells me he has. Right. <laughs> he will say to me, you know, Mom, I've grown up now. I don't do those things anymore. And then I watch him, you know, climb up off this cliff and do a backflip. And I'm thinking, you know, <laughs> couldn't you just jump? You know, do we have to do the backflip? But that's Tim. Right, right. And, you know, Gina once said to me when I said this was, you know, before everything happened, he was going out to do this sort of crazy um ski race out in Squaw Valley where you pick your own line and jump off cliffs and everything. And I sent her an email and I said, oh gosh, you know, I just wish he couldn't, just doesn't have to jump off the cliffs and do all these things because it really scares me. And she wrote back and she said, yes, I know Mrs. D, but she said, you know, that's what makes Tim, Tim. And I love him for that. Yeah. And I thought, you know, she's right. I love him for that too, but he, he's given me a lot of gray hairs. (laughs) (laughs) I can only imagine. (laughs) And he, you know, he says the same about me. I said, Tim, you know, do you have to, and he goes, mom, look at all my gray hairs. Look what you've done to me. (laughs) (laughs) That's excellent. (laughs) You know, both my boys, they're, you know, they're, I'm lucky. They're great boys. We're very close. They, um, you know, as, as much as Tim is a daredevil, Kreider spends his life shaking his head at his brother going, oh, my gosh, we have to follow Tim off another cliff. <laughs> he, um, they keep each other in line. Yeah. And, uh, That's really good. That's really yeah. good. So um, tell us just a little bit about the book. How long did it take you to write it and and, um, and, and tell people where they can find it and, and okay. when exactly it's out officially? Okay. Well, yeah, the writing of the book was... I pre- I started it in 2011, and I wrote the entire book. I mean, it was a way for me to release a lot of. It was it was um, therapeutic for me to write it, uh, and I was lucky enough to have a friend of my mom's who was an author read it um, and read the manuscript, and she told me to send it to her agent, um, and the agent in New York had me write this proposal and that was really the lengthy part of it. That's why it's taken so long. I mean, two years of writing this proposal, she was like my English teacher in, in school that would say, write it again. Yeah. That you were, you know, <laughs> that you just dreaded handing a paper into, but, um, she really made me make it a better book. She made me tell my story. I mean, originally it was really just Lee's and Tim's story, but she said, you have to go back and rewrite this so that the, um, so that your average reader knows who you are and what uh, what endurance sports did for you and how that helped you. So that part of it we rewrote, and it took really, you know, I guess now three years 
the publisher picked it up a year ago and they have their way of, you know, processing through everything and when they specifically wanted it to come out, which was in September. The official date, I believe, is September 15th. Okay. Um, that's what it says uh, on Amazon. But I had a lot of people that pre-ordered it that I'm getting emails from them that just got it in the last day or two. Okay. So it, you can order it on Amazon. If you put in Against the Wind by Lee, it'll it'll pop right up. I think you can also get it on ebooks now, too. Um, I'm hoping to be in Baltimore around the marathon time um, and try and get in with, um, I'm hoping with Falls Road, to do a book signing. Nice. Um, around the, mar- you know, maybe even um, if they'll let me go to the expo with them and, and have my book there. Um, cause yeah, certainly Baltimore, I spent, as my friends all say, you know, everybody saw you running there for 20 years, right? You're right. In every kinds of weather and they want to know your story. Yeah. 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 No, I, I think it'd be great for you to so have a little Maybe moment. I'll see you. Yeah. That would be are fun. You, are you running the Baltimore marathon? Or? I, I'm actually running wine glass, which is, I think, um, well, which is October 4th, probably what, two weeks prior to Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of puts Baltimore, you know, right. out, out of reach for me <laughs> this year. Yeah. That's um, a, well, wine glass I hear is a great marathon. Yeah, I hear really good things about it. And my, my friends and I um, went out and did Napa in March. And so we've got a little oh. theme going with all of this. So <laughs> Yes, I, I can get it. Yes, yes. That would be a good theme for me too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's the plan. Um, but, you know, if, if, I, uh, if I know you're in town, I'll definitely make a swing by and, and oh, I'd uh, love to say see hi. You. So, yeah. That would be yeah. fun. Well, I think we, I'm going to, I'm not running, I don't think I'm going to run anything in Baltimore because I'm running the Newport Half Marathon the weekend before that. Okay, okay, great. You know, there was a time in my life that I could turn around and do another one, after, not a marathon week after week, but maybe, you know, I could do a 10K two weeks in a row or a half marathon or something afterwards, but not any, I don't think I have the... <laughs> 5Ks are fine, but, you know, half marathons take a little bit out of you now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Are you doing any marathons still? Um, I, I Last year, believe it or not, was the first year in, I think, 25 years or something that I did not do a marathon. I'm so mad at myself, but I'm thinking of running the Palm Beach Marathon in December. Okay, nice. So, um, yeah. it's a hot one, but it's it's yeah. early in the morning, so it's, it's a nice race. Nice. But um, I hope to see you in Baltimore. Yeah, that would be great. That would be great. Well, I certainly appreciate your time with all of this, and I wish you and Lee nothing but the best. Um, you know, it's it's been a real pleasure reading your book, and, and you know, I'd heard through the grapevine some of what was going on with you guys, and so it was, you know, uh, I loved reading the book and, and getting, you know, the details of it. I wish I didn't have to. I wish it wasn't a book you had to write, um, but I'm so happy with the way everything turned out. So. Well, Amanda, thank you, and I really appreciate you um, calling, contacting me to do this uh, this radio podcast. It's a thrill for me. It's my first one. Yay. That's great. So, um, that's great. I really appreciate it. It's really great to hear your voice and, and I, and see you for a second on, on, uh, Skype and yes. <laughs> hopefully and we'll see each other in Baltimore. Definitely.